Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Trick. I am your host, Matt Brady. Joining me today, I'm very excited to have Derek Buck, or Death by Derek, on Twitter. And uh, he is also Derek from CGR Undertow. How are you doing today? Well, well, well. Hello, Hi. Brady. How are you? Hey, man. I am good. So, uh, yeah. Um, absolutely an enormous fan of uh, CGR Undertow. Um and classic game room in general, it really helped me uh, when I was, I found it, I think right about when you guys were kind of starting the CGR undertow, I had found it right when I was kind of starting to get into collecting video games. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it all just kind of worked really well. And uh, we'll get to it in a bit, but uh, I think, I think some of my favorite videos that you, that you did, especially were ones where you were reviewing games for like the third or fourth time. <laughs> uh, I think uh, uh, Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures comes uh, com comes to mind. I think you had you had reviewed that like three times, like 360, and then the Switch or the Wii U version, excuse me, and then the uh, 3DS version. How to Train Your Dragon was another yep. one. Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon. There's a Sonic game you'd reviewed maybe with, uh, a handful of yeah. times. I mean, a lot of that is is. Um... It's kind of like I, what I imagine the way an alcoholic looks back at their life, like it's a lot of blurry time. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm sure there were a lot more that I've just blocked for, from my memory. No, right. For sure. For sure. So, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, um, go ahead and start. We'll go ahead and start here. And uh, how did you actually get hooked up with Mark and, and Classic Gamer? How did that How did that kind of start? It is the weirdest thing. Um, up until recently... I was told that I've never had a real job. Um, and in a sense, that's very true. I, I didn't have to go through the kind of typical job hunt things. Um, I While I was in college, I was a journalism major. Mm -hmm. um, and you could kind of see the writing on the wall that, hey, not the greatest time to be a journalism major. Right. Um, so I, but I, back then, this was like 2007. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was really becoming a big thing, this sort of gaming journalism internet thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, sites like IGN were really blowing up and GameSpot. Um, and it was something I thought, man, this is something I could get involved with because it's journalism, which I'm good at. I'm learning to do here. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's video games, which I know a lot about. So um, for a couple years, um, including while I was in school, I did some freelance stuff. I wrote for uh, a Nintendo blog called Infendo that was mm -hmm. really big. At um, and so, yeah, I was doing that for a few years. And then one day I got an email um, about a job. 
And I, I just kind of thought, oh yeah, it's probably, you know, something in LA or, or, or New York or something. But when I dragged down, it said Pittsburgh, which is where I live. And I was immediately interested and it was a company I'd never heard of called Classic Game Room. They, they saw my work, uh, they liked it and they wanted to bring me in. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And so was it, was it just Mark at the time? Was he, was he like starting? No, no, no. So, yeah. So the 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 time classic game room while I was there, it was an interesting time for the classic game room entity because it was right around the time Mark decided, hey, let's turn this into a business. Right. Um. So I came in right at the beginning of that. They were really expanding. Mark had some financial backing. Um. So classic game room was very much a small business um, right. for several years. Um, so it wasn't just Mark. In fact, Mark didn't reach out to me at all. It, it was some of the office people at oh, okay. Classic. Um, and it was kind of blasphemy to to a lot of people when I started there because I came from the sort of written journalism world. Right. So I, I, frequented, I frequented, that's a hard word, mm-hmm. sites like IGN and, and stuff like that. I, I wasn't a YouTube guy, so I'd never even heard of Classic Game Room. Right. So, I, you know, a lot of people were freaking out, like, oh, I can't believe you got a job at Classic Gamer. I'm like, I, I have no idea what this is. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it wasn't long before I learned what a big deal it was and, and the, the kind of community around it. So it, it, you learned pretty quickly um, once you got there that this was a big deal. Yeah. Okay. And, I, yeah, I remember, um, you know, there was, there was a handful of hosts on CGR Undertow. You know, it was you and TJ and then... I'm blanking on the other names, but it was definitely a, a round robin kind of for for a bit, and then obviously you were and then TJ were kind of the predominant ones, and then you know you had kind of finished it out. Um, so, how many people were doing? How many people were doing videos on CGR Undertow at, at the big at its like biggest? At our biggest, which was probably around 2012, uh-huh. um, we had oh man, close to a dozen people working there okay um i would say eight or nine doing video i could be wrong mm-hmm. um maybe maybe around 10 actually mm-hmm. I, I, you know because what was happening was the the kind of credo at classic game room and one of the things that took me a while to get used to because i wasn't used to this kind of approach was content 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 quantity was a big deal right um so, at, you know, for example, at our peak, I was doing like three videos a day. I mean, yeah. we were just by myself, we were doing 50, I was doing like 12 to 15 videos a week. And the, the thought was, we're just going to get a lot of content out there and just build an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it were up to me, I wouldn't have done quite so many videos right. because I had a lot of headaches, but um, uh, it certainly paid off. We, we built an audience pretty quickly and... Um, yeah, there were there were at our peak there were a lot of people and the idea was they brought me in to kind of be the host and mm-hmm. when it took off it, it started to grow and it grew to the to the extent that hey we can bring in more people um, so yeah there there were people a guy from New York brought in Ray Carcillo who actually wrote for EGM for a couple years after his time at Classic Game Room he came in um, you know we had a lot of really cool talent come come through that door. Yeah. Okay. And so you, you guys were posting, I believe, I want to remember, but I'm trying to remember back. It was about every day or it was like just weekdays or, I mean, there was a lot of content. I do remember coming out. 
Every day. At our peak, it was three videos a day during the week. That's right. And then yeah. two on the week, each week weekend. So Saturday there'd be two and Sunday there'd be two, but three a week during the week right. at our peak. And was that, that, was that CG, with just CGR Undertow and then Classic Gamer was also doing videos at the same time? Yeah, we were two separate kind of right. entities. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we were doing just on our end on CGR Undertow. We were doing three videos a week. Not to mention the, you know, again at our peak around around 2012, 2013, they were really expanding into other channels. So they tried a third channel right. called CGR Overboard. They started a news channel. They started a gameplay channel. They re- they really wanted to branch out and, and build this up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just on the undertow side, we were doing, um, not a math guy, like 20 videos a week. Yeah. Um, then the other channels were all doing a ton of content as well. So it, it was a really busy time. Yeah. So what, so what did like a typical day look like for you? I mean, was it like a 12 hour, like 15 hour type day or was it, or were you able to kind of get stuff done in like an eight ish hour day? Eight hour days were a rarity at the peak. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you're tasked with reviewing three video games a day. Mm-hmm. Um, right, for sure. It's, it's not easy. Um, so, yeah, I would come in. Um, the, the first thing I would do is kind of look at what games I had on the slate to review that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't necessarily pick those games. The, right. Again, it was kind of like the office said, hey, you know, here are some games that were sent in. Which ones do you want to do? Um, we actually had a Gamefly account. So when games came in through Gamefly, I, we reviewed a lot of games that way. Okay. Um, and as well as what we got sent by publishers mm-hmm. um, who wanted their games reviewed. So I basically like, okay, I'll do, I'll do you know these three for the day. And then the first half of the day, I tried to keep it in halves. So the first half of my day would just be playing games and recording footage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half of the day would be writing the scripts and doing the recording of the audio, which is where my job ended. Um, I didn't actually piece together the videos okay. until the end. Um, at the end, I was like the last year I, I was right. doing everything. But again, at our peak, we had dedicated video editors, so I just gave them the raw material and then they put it together. Um, so yeah, first half of the day, uh, taking notes, playing games, recording footage, and then second half of the day, writing scripts and yelling into a microphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and speaking of of your writing style, one thing I think I've always appreciated about Classic Game Room, uh, in general, is just that it is a it's always it's a different approach than say like IGN or you know GameSpot or Game Trailers back then, Easy Allies now, where it's much more kind of straightforward. Like, okay, let's talk about the graphics. Okay, let's talk about this. Where you guys were always kind of fresh and funny and entertaining. How how is that writing process different? I mean, did than like what what did you what did you what did you do kind of as a, as a writer to kind of keep it that way or is that just your natural style so my natural style coming into classic game room was not the classic game room style at all mm-hmm. um i came in writing much more seriously about video games a lot of the freelance stuff that i did prior to then i mean i was doing i remember one piece i did about the philosophy of video games like um, you know, I, I did some, I looked at them very seriously and wrote like really in-depth reviews again, coming from that kind of IGN world. Right. Um, so when I came to classic game room, there was, I mean, for a good year or two, I would say probably two years. Um, it, it was a learning process, learning, not only, not only 
I figured out pretty quickly that my writing style was not going to work in a video format. Right. Um, particularly because when you're writing for, for someone to read, you would often write words that you wouldn't say out loud, <laughs> like when you were talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of, again, it, it, was a, it was a back and forth kind of learning how to do this on the fly. Writing a script to be read is much different than writing something someone's going to read. And it took me, again, like a, at least a year, probably two years before I was really comfortable um, writing more of a script rather than a review. Right. Um, so, and, and, and then the other thing was, not only learning kind of the, the nuts and bolts of that, but then the style and the approach. Mark was always the very funny, very kind of pos- always positive. Mark, even if something was bad, he spun it into a positive. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sort of inherently naturally a pessimist. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it just made sense to me to be kind of the negative counterpoint to Mark. Um, I didn't want to do exactly what Mark was doing. So a, a lot of what the Undertow stuff was, and especially since I was playing a lot of really bad games, right. um, it eventually devolved kind of into this shtick where I'm playing these awful games. They're literally driving me insane, and I'm screaming about them into a microphone. Um, and yeah. it just worked for like an entertaining shtick that um, it was fun to do. Uh, but again, it, it really, for us, it was like, there's already a ton of websites writing reviews in the exact same format. Here's the graphics section. Here's the gameplay section. Here's the multiplayer section. If you want a review like that, there are a hundred websites you could go to. My philosophy, especially at the end, was if video games are supposed to be fun, why can't we have fun when we're talking about them? Yeah. Um, so I started to do just wacky like mini horror movies that were essentially game reviews, but mm-hmm. like – reviewed within a narrative i just started to have fun with the idea toward the end yeah i remember uh, i'm trying to remember exactly what the game was for but there was you were like in the woods and like sonic was like haunting you uh yeah 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 so yeah some of, <laughs> some of those I, I i specifically remember um okay um so like the building itself that you guys were in i always always find it interesting especially because the one that mark was in was it it looked almost like you guys had rented out this enormous um kind of like storage facility i mean that the the room he had he, he like i remember he, he drove his car into for his one of it was a, it was a grand turismo six or grand mm-hmm. turismo five review where he like drove his el camino in and he said the he said the word el camino like 13 times in the first like three minutes well that's that's every conversation with mark he says el camino in the first 13 times in the first three minutes yeah. so yeah so like yeah so the building itself though um like did it just have like a big kind of garage is that where where that was so there were two eras of okay. classic games. Um, the first era, like when we first started out, again, they were just starting this right. kind of enterprise and building it up. And so they were looking for office space, and they found a really creative way to save money on office space while we were building up. Mm-hmm. They literally rented out a storage facility. Okay, yeah. So yeah. there were, in, a, in the really early stuff, I'm talking like 2010, 2011, early 2012, a lot of that stuff was literally shot inside a storage facility like you would see on Storage Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it turns out, and I didn't know this, but a lot of storage facilities will rent those out for you to – the space is yours. You don't necessarily have to keep stuff in there. Right. So we actually sent up, set up small offices, refrigerators and couches. <laughs> and it was essentially a makeshift office while we were looking for a more permanent 
um, solution. And then eventually, two years in, we did get our own office building, which is the one that I think everyone knows where Mark had the massive background right. with the towering games. Um, half of that office building was this huge kind of garage. Um, and it was it was almost like a place where you could park like several semi trucks mm-hmm. um, inside. And Mark just set up this huge kind of backdrop for his right. stuff. Right. Yeah, I remember that. So I'm sure being in Pittsburgh, the when you were in more of the storage facility, was it like just freezing cold in the winter? Was it like was it like terrible? Was it like terrible or was or was it OK? It, you know, the recording in a storage facility was really interesting for a lot of reasons. It, it didn't actually get that cold, but it was sometimes you'd be recording audio and um, someone would open their their door and if you've been in like a storage facility those doors are loud Mm -hmm. so like you'd be in the middle of a great record where like oh i'm nailing all my lines everything sounds good and i have to restart because someone's slamming doors or yelling in the hallway like hey people yelling out to people in their truck like get that other box it's like okay we have to wait 20 minutes to record now yeah um so it it was not ideal but again it it was a really smart way to for sure yeah to see Money while they were looking for a, a, for a bigger office building. No, for sure. I, I'm sure was the Wi-Fi like terrible because you know a lot of those storage facilities are kind of like a lot of concrete and stuff like that. I mean, what, or did you guys have to like uh, were you still able to upload them there, or did you have to like go somewhere else if the Wi-Fi was bad? Or no, we everything the internet there was actually really good. Oh, we nice. uploaded everything from there. Um, so yeah, we had no problems on that end. Again, the only real problems were. Um, the uh, sort of the acoustics in there weren't great, and also just the noise sometimes was sure. was a problem. For sure. Okay. So, um, so yeah. So then you guys moved to the uh, like office office, and um, then I remember, and it was around 2013 was when YouTube had kind of started to crack down on a lot of gameplay footage. I remember <laughs> Nintendo was really freaking out, and you guys yeah. kind of decided, hey, we're gonna kind of pull back from YouTube went to daily motion, kind of started posting things on your website. Uh, what was kind of like the, the, the backstory behind that? So that was kind of the, a lot of people ask what happened with, with classic game room? Why did, why did it, you know, stop? And really you can point all fingers at YouTube. If, if right. I'm being honest, For sure, um, yeah. they really started again, when we were at our peak, <clears throat> we were getting so much um, income from ad revenue that we could afford to do this full time. And not only like a few of us, a lot of us were, I mean, this was my full time job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we put that much passion into it. We could afford to do that because it was our full time job. You know, we didn't, this wasn't like a side project. Right, right. Um, but eventually YouTube started to tighten those, tighten those pipes a little bit. Um, less money was coming in. We were getting a ton more copyright infringement things this was a big deal like you said around 2013 Mm -hmm. and they were kind of just screwing us around to the point where mark was getting very frustrated and it was a decision that he made with the office that hey you know this just we're gonna try to get away from youtube we saw the writing on the wall with where youtube was going let's see if we can get ahead of it and sort of make it on our own without youtube and and so the idea was We'll really build up classicgameroom.com. That's where all the reviews will will try to point people in that direction. But the reviews themselves will actually live on Daily Motion, and right. we'll just sort of embed them on the website. 
Um, that did not work. What I, and again, you would have to get a lot of the background. Cause this was all like Mark's stuff. This right. was, a, I didn't have any say in any of this. Um, <clears throat> but it seemed to me that what, what we learned, at least what I learned from that is that classic game room fan, classic game room fans were the best. They're very, very devoted to the show. But I think before they were classic game room fans, they were YouTube fans. Right. Um, and I, the idea of logging into your YouTube, here's your subscription box with all this content. It was like a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. And so when we left that, you're just inherently when you move going to lose some piece of, some people along the way. But I think – and again, I, I can't speak 100% on this, but it seemed to me – that we lost a lot more than we anticipated. Um, right. I, th- I think that they, th- I think I would think Mark would tell you this himself, that we thought a lot more people would come, migrate over. Come us. over. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just didn't work out that way. Yeah. I remember, I remember um, when the website first launched, I went and I was like watching a lot, a lot of the, still watching a lot of the reviews. Um, Cause it, I was really, really getting into collecting and then just, yeah, like kind of after you said, it was, it was a couple of weeks. It was just like, yeah, just second, second nature. Oh, I have to go to the website and, and stuff like that. So then how long were you guys gone before you came back to YouTube? It wasn't, it wasn't very long. It wasn't terribly long. Um, I want to say between six months and a year, mm-hmm. less than a year. Yeah. Before Mark finally said, "Okay, you know what? Let's just let's go back to to the way we were doing it before." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember um, some other channels like Review Tech USA, and the, I remember there was actually like kind of like a bigger. There's kind of like a community response when you guys left because um, I remember everybody was complaining about YouTube. But I remember um, I remember reading a, a one comment. I, I think it was on a Review Tech USA video, and someone was like, "Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about." classic game room because when you look mm-hmm. at a lot of other gaming cha- bigger bigger gaming channels at the time um you know like i think about guys like metal jesus rocks and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know they they show a little bit of gameplay footage and then you know it's a lot of them talking and stuff like that but you guys were hammering out so much content and you'd build up such a library i mean i don't i don't know if anybody probably got hit as hard as you guys probably did i mean i don't you know obviously know the numbers between theirs and yours but i would have to imagine just based upon the library that your guys community you know f- flags or strikes were just like through the roof it was every day it was every day mark was coming in very grumpy about flags and things and videos that that were old you know videos from from years ago videos that the publisher sent us (laughs) like Mm -hmm. nintendo send us a game to review and then we would get flagged for copy like it, it, it was just a it was it was a, it was a cluster. It, it was just a mess, and um, it, it it forced us it forced us to reroute. I mean, we were really on an upswing, building, getting bigger, and then sort of right in the middle of all that um, is when the first blow from YouTube, this kind of copyright stuff. And um, you know, in retrospect, it's easy to kind of see the patterns. At, at the time, I. I sort of naively thought, ah, oh, we're going to be fine. But it, it, the writing, I think, was on the wall at that point in retrospect. Yeah, okay. So then uh, you guys came back from YouTube, and then you guys were on for about, oh, I'm going to say about like a year and a half, about two years before, like I would say kind of the big shift, like 
CGR undertow kind of shuts down and the Mark kind of goes into different uh, territories with like his books and all, and all that kind of stuff. So how, how, how was kind of those last two years? Um, hmm. Really hard. Yeah. Um, we went from a small business where there were several people in there to at the end, it was me and Mark. Right. And the office. So there were five people in there all total. Um, after a time when there used to be 15, you know. And it, it was hard because I watched one by one. They just had to let people go. Yeah. Um, and, and if not get let go, uh, people just left because it became so stressful. Right. Um, you know, in, in my case, what I like I said, I, I used to not edit video at all. Mm-hmm. When our editors left, um, now all of a sudden I'm doing the whole process. Right. And it was really hard. Um, I'll never forget the day that I was called into the office and kind of the head of the, 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 the show told me, um, hey, we're, you know, we're going to shut down here at the end of the year. Um, it didn't hit me at the time. I, I don't think it hit me until, I don't think it hit me until months after that, like this part of my life was over. And, and it's something that I still haven't gotten over. Um, mm. When, when you do something and you're as invested in it as I was, for almost six years of my life, right? Which I, which I always told people that if you did the math, that was like one of every five days of my life I worked for Classic Game. <laughs> like yeah. if you divide, um, it became my baby. It, it became, I mean, we built that from nothing to 160,000 subscribers and millions of views. And, you know, I would get stopped on the sidewalk because someone recognized me from Classic Game Room. This became my life, and it became something I was fiercely proud of. And losing it was uh, – uh, I, I still miss it. I miss it yeah. every day. Um, yeah. Have you got had, – had, were you guys considering um, – If so if you look at I'm, – I'm, th- I'm thinking of – trying to think of a, a similar situation. I think the easiest one that comes to mind is, you know, game trailers. You know, game trailers shuts down and they kind of, you know, those that those group of guys just come together. They form easy allies. They say, hey, we're going to Patreon and they, you know, create the biggest Patreon ever. Was that something I know you guys had the store and, you know, obviously ad revenue. Was that something you guys had considered crowdfunding or was just kind of not the, the path you wanted to go down? I. I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I had zero influence over anything. Okay. I'll just say that. I, I was not in any position of authority. My authority ended at the creative door. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of decisions, I didn't make any of those. I Creatively, I was free to do pretty much whatever I wanted. Right. But the sort of like big picture ideas and stuff that all came from other people. Okay. And those other people, I'll never forget. I presented them with a pitch, um, and I and I hope no one takes this the wrong way. But I, I presented them a pitch to do a Patreon, 
and this was very early in kind of the Patreon years. Um, And I said, this is a way we could really make this work. In fact, we we could probably make it work better than it's worked before. Mm -hmm. And there was just no interest. Mm -hmm. Um, Their idea um, was a different one. And it was one that I kind of had to go with, even though I didn't really, I wasn't personally on board. But when the captain says this is the direction right. we're taking the ship, it, there's, there's really nothing I can do but paddle. Right. Um, so the, different decisions were made in terms of ways to increase revenue. And um, yeah, I... I the the crowdfunding thing was was sort of immediately basically I, I remember being told not and this isn't by Mark right Mark yeah, yeah. you know this is by other people um, Mark is the best and I, I would never Mark I have not a bad word to say about Mark right but in sort of the the arguments there I remember someone saying why would anyone pay um, a monthly fee for I, and I, there was just I, I think there was a little bit of a gap in terms of right understanding kind of how crowdfunding is and what it how it works. There was a generational gap there, right? Um, and they kind of came from the school of if we need to increase revenue, we should sell things. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing, but it's not very it's not very 2016, let alone 2018. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it just it, and and to everyone's credit, everyone was really trying to make this work. Um, and, and I remember the day, my last day there. I mean, the the people in the office were in tears. Um, she, one of the ladies, hugged me and apologized. Mm-hmm. And I, I told her, "You have nothing to apologize for. You just gave me the best six years of my life." I. I, if anything, I should be thanking you. I have, you have nothing to apologize for. Um, I, I just think everyone was coming at, at this bonfire with a squirt gun and, and I'm not sure anything would have worked. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I, I we kind of wrapped up, I guess there, what, what, how, how CGR went down. So just, um, maybe just something like your fondest memories of CGR and, and kind of like what you now, when you look back at it, like kind of how you feel about it. Like I said, the, the best the best years of my life. Um, I, I I was so happy <laughs> every day of my life. I was happy because um, I got to do what I do for a living. And, and and you know, people, what do you do for a living? It's always been kind of hard for me to explain. I, I make things, right? Mm-hmm. I I write things. I film things. I I I make stuff that doesn't really exist because it's on the internet, but it's, I, it's kind of hard to explain what I do um, to some people. And I found the perfect place where I could do what I do every day. And, and, you know, I, there were a couple times when, you know, I, I would make a joke that someone from the office would come down and say, Hey, that you can't, we got to cut that out. Okay. Yeah. But that was so rare. I, and it, and to be honest, it, it, the times they did that, I probably was pushing a little too far. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I had complete creative freedom to do the weirdest things. 
and have the most fun. And I, and, and the other thing I'm so grateful for is I learned so much there from Mark. I, I went in there never, I, I had no video experience whatsoever. I was a journalist. I was a writer. Um, and I learned on the fly from people like Mark and from people like Brandon, who was my dedicated editor. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned, I learned how to use editing software. I learned how to shoot video. I learned about angles and lighting and cameras. I, I learned so much there that has actually set me up, um, for what I'm doing now. Uh, and I owe that all to classic game room. I, I classic game room changed my life, uh, for the, for the better, um, Losing it is a is a wound that still hasn't healed, um, and sort of in my personal life, it was the beginning of a long, bumpy road. Um, it's still pretty rocky, but the, I have those years to look back on, just with with nothing, you know. And there were, and I'm not gonna lie, there were stressful days. There were days, especially at the beginning, when I was a young little idealist punk that, you know, I definitely caused problems with the office that I probably didn't need to. Um, so there were definitely days where, you know, I, I, I deserved <laughs> to be on people's mm-hmm. negative sides and there, you know, there were negative, like typical job stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, I, I, every day that I work there, I, I cherish you. You asked me what my best memory is. I, I, there's so many, I, I can't, I, I think can't in general, one. yeah. Yeah, I think in general, my favorite thing about that time was when the days I got to collaborate with someone and and really collaborate. The, the days when I got to sit with Brandon and we got to actually use our skills together. The days when Mark would say, hey, I need you for this video. Um, and, and that's what was so funny. Like the off, like the people make, giving me assignments would say, hey, we need three of these reviews from you today. Mark would just kind of walk in and go, oh, yeah, don't, don't worry about that. I need you today. Like, just. <laughs> blow everything up um and you know we would work on on something and and bounce jokes off each other and you know i'd watch him work and and learn from that it that's the best my best memories are the people i worked with and and what i learned from them yeah okay so um you kind of mentioned you know what you're doing now so i thought um i mean i i'm kind of familiar because i follow you on on all, all the social medias and everything so uh you know what what are you up to now so it's real weird um after Classic Game Room, I wanted to continue writing about games. And I found that I'm a terrible freelancer because I'm an awful salesman. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an A-plus writer, but um, unfortunately freelancing is 80% salesman, 20% writer. Right. Uh, and right. I, I'm just not cut out for that. Um, so I, I, freelancing didn't work out for me. Um, I, I, I ended up trying a second career and something that I was very interested in, I, I thought, hey, if I can't do writing, here's this other thing that I've always loved. And, and I gave that a shot. That didn't work out. Um, and so I was just in a funk. I mean, I was bouncing around from dead-end job to dead-end job. My life was kind of – honestly, it was in shambles. Um, and then it, it was out of the blue. I started to think – you know, I started to think along the lines of how I used to think about game reviews, you know, being creative with the idea. And I thought, you know, it's hard out there for creative people. I need to get creative about the way I look for jobs, not just get creative when I'm at the job, but get creative about how to find those jobs. 
And so I found a job posting on a job board that was, it was for a university. It was for a college. They were looking for someone to do their digital content. Normally I would have just ignored that because it's not a writing job. It's not a personnel on screen. It's not what I do. Right. Only it's exactly what I do. They were looking for someone to do video and, and run their YouTube. They were looking for someone to reinvent their social media voice and tone. Um, they were looking for someone, they were looking for someone like me. And so I applied, I didn't expect to hear anything back. Um, and again, this, this was at a real low point in my life. I was actually in the hospital. Um, it, it wasn't good. And I'll never forget the day I got out of the hospital. Um, and I got my phone back. I checked my email and the top email was from this college. And they said, we'd like you to come in for an interview. Yeah. It was like, uncanny. So I, so I went, I got the job and that's what I'm doing. I, I, I am the head of digital content and, and, and marketing for a college outside of Pittsburgh. I run their YouTube and I do what I did at classic game room. I, I get to go to the volleyball game and film it and interview the girls and put together an awesome video that tells the awesome story that, um, that, that these students are telling. And, and I, I get to tell stories, I get to write, I get to film and shoot and edit. It's just instead of reviewing video games, I'm telling the stories of a college. And it's it's honestly, it's I, I don't know if it surpasses Classic Game Room, but it's 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 even. I, I absolutely adore what I'm doing. Cool. Um so okay, so I have a few other questions here. Um any do you have any kind of plans in in the video game kind of industry uh like side projects or anything for the future i would love to um and i feel like this is a can i'm always kicking down the road right. i would absolutely love to it's just a matter of kind of getting settled in my life first right. um you know i just i just got this new job like two months ago i just moved into a new apartment that isn't even fully furnished yet right. um uh like i don't have a couch yet so that's oh, okay. kind of on a priority, like before I start shooting right, right. video. Um, so I, I, it is something I want to do. And I'm, I'm particularly excited about the idea of if I did something now, I could do whatever I wanted. Right. Uh, like there would be no one to run stuff past. Uh, that excites me. Um, so it's definitely something I'd like to do. I'm not putting a timetable on it, but I, I would bet that within the next six months I will be doing something. Cool. Uh, I don't know what that is, but I, I definitely have the itch and especially doing video, like I'm doing video every day at work and it's really kind of not only shaken off the rust, but I, I think I'm doing better video work now. Right. Um, than you were. Was, yeah. Because I'm just more familiar with it yeah. and learning different techniques and stuff. So it's definitely something I want to get back into. Um, it's just a matter of getting there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, just, you know, uh, one kind of last question here, although this may lead us down some, some rabbit holes, um, mm-hmm. just cause I don't think, you know, I've heard you speak, uh, in a bit, uh, kind of about the gaming community, you know, like, uh, look, what are, like, what are you kind of playing right now? What are your thoughts on like, you know, like the switch, maybe the PlayStation classic and some things like that. I, uh, I'm living the switch life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love the Switch. I, I, the the one thing that I've 
the one positive from not being a classic game room is that I've been able to enjoy the Switch as a fan. Right. Um, when you do this every day, and this is going to sound crazy to people, video games become work. Uh, I When I got home from Classic Game Room, the last thing I wanted to do was pick up a controller. So oh, in, sure. in my... Uh, just, you know, after you, you you live in that world for 8 to 10 to 12 hours sometimes, like... I come home, it's the last thing I want to see, it's the last thing I want to talk about. Um, so my kind of personal enjoyment of video games really actually kind of declined um, because I was looking at them like a critic. I was looking at them like someone who plays everything, so you better impress me because I literally have to play everything. And if your game's even average, I'm going to slam it because you're not standing out and what's the point? Right. Like I became that kind of guy. But you know the switch. I've had no, I've had no uh, responsibilities to write about it, and I've just been able to enjoy it. And um, games like Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, um, even something like uh, Mighty Gunvolt. These games I've been able to just enjoy as a fan, and it feels so good. Yeah. Um, but so I love the switch. You asked me what I think about the gaming thing. I was getting really sour on the gaming community around the CGR time mm-hmm. because it was getting very negative and very obsessive and very BS. Um, right. This was on the kind of the Gamergate thing and you know all this stuff that was just so stupid. You know, here were these things that were supposed to be fun distractions from serious problems, and people were turning them into serious problems. <laughs> Um, Mark and I would just shake our heads and just like, what, what the hell is going on with the house that Pac-Man built? Like what is happening? Um, however, it seems, and I, and again, I'm pretty detached from it now, or at least relatively speaking to, to what I once was, it seems like that kind of stuff's calmed down. It seems like I can't go on Twitter without seeing people p- talking positively about video games, raising money, using you know, streaming marathons and stuff. It seems like mm-hmm. a really good community now, and and that's encouraging to see. But it's also kind of hard for me. One of the reasons I think I'm kicking the can of doing videos again down the road is I'm a little concerned that what I would be doing is kind of no longer in vogue. Um, I I don't know that. I don't know that my stuff resonates with the audience that just kind of watches people on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that that works. And and I'm not, you know, I'm just saying audience tastes have changed, I think. And, I, I, you know, I just don't know that it would work. So that's a concern, and that's probably one of the reasons I'm a little trepidatious about it. Um, but in general, it just the gaming world seems really good right now. And, and, you know, again, that's maybe because I don't have to play Barbie games every day. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> But uh, no, it, it seems great, and, and you know I, I do have to say, the 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 classic game room audience, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, it, this goes beyond just watching my stupid crap on YouTube. You, I, I I remember when Mark when I started on Undertow, and it was a little rough at first, you know, because I wasn't Mark, and and people didn't like that. And, I, you know, I would get some horrible comments, and Mark would always tell me, don't worry about it. When you build your audience, they're going to be with you for the long run. And I, and I never really understood what he meant by that. But it's been 
almost three years now since the last CGR undertow video. Mm-hmm. And I get messages every day, emails, tweets, um, from CGR fans just wishing me well and telling me, please come back. And my God, I got, a, I mean, they send me letters still. I get letters with like little Ren and Stimpy pins. You, you guys have no idea how much that's meant to me. Like I said, the, the last couple of years have been just awful for me. And the one thing that hasn't left my side has been the, the people that enabled me, which is the viewers to have the greatest six years of my life. And I, I can't, I'm actually speechless when I think about it. I, I can't express how much I appreciate that support and that really that friendship um, enough. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, hey, uh, hey, man, thank you so much uh, for coming on and, and, and chatting with me. Uh, I appreciate it a lot. Um, thank you. Brady. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, absolutely. Anytime you ever want to come back on and talk about whatever, I'm always down. So, uh, listen, it's not like I have a lot to do. I don't have a couch, Brady. Hey. So if if you ever need me to come on and and uh, be a fanboy for Nintendo, hey, and I, back Sega games, I'm I'm listen. My schedule's open. Okay. Hey, man. I be careful because I will I will hit you up. So, <laughs> well, listen. This this I got news for you. This show's going to get you the ratings, baby. Hey, I'm down. You're looking at numbers you've never had before having me on. So if you want those kind of numbers, you just give me a call. Will do. <laughs> so, all right. Well, yeah, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, oh, uh, stay tuned. I'll always have more content coming. Uh, and as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.